Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. This this business of the glasses going on, coming off. Why don't you just leave them on? I can't just go leave them on because they're, <laughs> they're just for reading. I can't look at you with them on. My what, eyes would hurt. Happen? Well, I'll do it now. I'll, t- I'll describe to you what it feels like. Oh, you're all kind of like blurry. And Isn't makes... that better in my case? <laughs> Soft focus, Jeff. Yes. It's not. So no. Vaseline on the no, lens. No, it's too painful. One word for you, Annabelle. Mm. Very focals. Um, That's what you need. I'm getting close. I yeah. am. Yeah. Mm. I'm having my next cataract done next week. Oh. You're having a lovely Easter holiday. I'm having surgery, oh, so Jeff. we won't be here next week. Oh. Um, this week we have Sarah's brother, Sam, and his wife, Sarah, and their three kids, Leo, Max, and baby Sol, who isn't the baby visiting. Um, but they are staying in an Airbnb around the corner. Okay. Makes it a bit easier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, i tell you what, I've been nosing around the house they're staying in. Oh, I love doing that. Yeah, but really weird. Is it? Very nice. Mm. Lots of books, vinyl record collection, and a very posh-looking record player. Mm. No telly to speak of. Weird. By which I mean there is a telly, but it clearly lives in a cupboard, and they've got it out just for the Airbnb <laughs> guests. Wow! Because it's it's on a coffee table in the middle of the room. That is so strange. And it's it's about as big as an iPad. Wow! These people. What are they doing of an evening? I don't know. So Reading a book, weird. appreciating some jazz. <laughs> I don't know, crosswords. Ugh. I know, it was very awful, weird. Awful, Having a stimulating conversation. Ugh, ugh. Terrible. Um, I took them on a high-speed boat ride down the Thames <laughs> the other day. Did they love it? Well, I think, yes, yes, they did. Uh, we, we did it, so some of them came last year, but now we got the whole family and the ones that weren't here last year, felt like they really missed out and the ones that were really wanted to do it again. So they they did love it. It's the, you feel like James Bond. Um, and it was, it was great. Apart from the boat seats 12 people, but because there are eight of us, I'm guessing it was difficult for them to sell the rest of the tickets. So, so we had it all to ourselves like it was a private charter. Oh, wow. Did you tell them that's what it was? That's what I do. I say, oh, you've chartered your boat for the day. What, you think that's good? <laughs> Yeah. No, no, you're not. You're not thinking. You're Go not on. thinking. Not thinking your head. It meant that we had to pay attention to the commentary. 
Oh, that was the downside. Yes. Massive downside. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the commentary, but I want to drift in and out and Mm. make um, humorous quips to my wife. Too much pressure on you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of when you're on an aeroplane and you're sat too close to the cabin crew as they're doing the safety demonstration. Mm -mm. Now, I want to say I always watch the safety demonstration because I am a... I'm a straight A passenger. Mm-mm, of course. But I don't I don't like it when I'm too close to them. I have to maintain eye contact and smile encouragingly and and um try and match my facial expressions to what they're saying. Mm-mm. I want to be far enough back that they clock. Oh look, there's a guy paying attention. Mm-mm. But but that's as far as it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with this commentary, I had to laugh at all the jokes. Oh. Even though I'd heard them last year. <laughs> but fortunately, as we know from the podcast, my memory is so bad. I don't remember. They were like new to you. Yeah, yeah, So, so yeah, that was great fun. And I highly recommend it, except, except, Mm. afterwards, I went to buy a photo. It's like when you go on a roller coaster and... um, you know that you you can you can buy a picture of you all having fun during the experience. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So so I went to buy it and it was ten pounds. That's a lot. It's a tourist. Yeah, track. yeah I mean, yeah. these things are always a lot, aren't they? Mm-hmm. If you go to any of these places, in a horrible cardboard frame. I was going to ask, was there a was there a horrible cardboard? Frame? Yeah, I mean, good, I, mean good, I don't good. even describe it as a, a frame. What would you call it? A folio. It's like okay. a foldy thing. Oh, uh, yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just the one one photo for £10. Right. Um, and I, I said to the guy after I paid for it, I said, oh, is it, is it possible to, to buy that as a digital file too and have it emailed to me? Mm. He says, oh, no, unfortunately, we've had some problems with that. And, um, you know, because we want to provide the best service to customers, we, we only supply a printed copy. Right. So I don't know about you, when somebody says something that doesn't make sense, yes. my instant reaction is just to go, oh, okay then. Of course, yeah. So I say, oh, okay, fair enough. Mm. And then I'm walking away and it is so infuriating to me <laughs> that he's he, he's he's tried to give that as a reason mm. that I think I've got, I've got to go back, which is very unlike me. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So, so I turn around and I go back and I say... Um, can can you just explain explain that to me again? I'm not quite sure why why it is you can't email. Yeah. Now we both know the reason that he's not going to email it to me. It's because he doesn't want me printing them off at home. Yeah. He wants people paying ten pounds for each one, which is a nonsense because it's not like I'll, I'll be thinking in a week's time oh, I'm going to pop back to that booth and get another copy <laughs> of that. You buy them there and then, and then, mm. then they should sell the email as an add-on. Yes. It's a way of squeezing more money yes, out of you. If yes. you want more money out of you, squeeze it out that way. So, so I go back and say, I'm, I'm sorry, can you just explain what that problem is again to me? Maybe I could help. <laughs> and then he's instantly in an awkward position because he knows that the problem isn't real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he then says, yeah, it's just, um, you know, some customers have, um, you know, they, they've had uh, problems um, oh! <laughs> re- receiving their images. Right. So then I go... And I'm very polite and nice, mm. and, and I'm, I'm I'm being faux naive. Mm. I'm being like uh, the Louis Theroux of complaining. <laughs> I'm going, oh, that's interesting. What what kind of problems oh, exactly? Oh, don't. And he's he's saying, uh, it's it's you know servers, the the servers, and <laughs> um, sometimes the image image size, the image quality. So I'm I'm then I'm I'm in now. So I'm going. 
Oh, that's so odd. So, so that file there on your desktop, if, if you were to <laughs> drag it into an email, so there, there would be a risk of a problem. Is that right? So, so, and that's why I can't buy it. And there's like this long oh pause. Oh, my God. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and there's terrible, awkward silence. Then Gene comes over and he's like, what's the matter, Dad? Is it a problem? And then I get passive aggressive. So I say to Jean, oh, yeah, there is. I wanted to buy this lovely picture of us all. There's an email, but uh, this this nice guy here, his, his bosses make him lie and pretend <gasps> that he can't do ooh, that. That's ooh. not very nice of them, is it? No, you did not did. do that. What's happened to you? Oh, know. my God. Oh, my God. So I'm trying to side with him. It's the workers versus the bosses. But you're telling the truth. He's control of the means of production here. I'm I'm hoping that he right yeah. yeah. And then what happened? Well, he he decided to show a little kid that you should stand up to injustice and and um and not let the capitalist system keep you down. And he he sent it to us anyway. He did email it to you. No, he didn't. Oh. No. <laughs> he he gave me an email address to complain to. Right, I was going to think, did it get stuck in the server? Because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's hear from the drifters. Oh, we're going to start off with a follow-up on something which I found very interesting. It's from Dan. He says, I just finished episode 263, and or 263, however you prefer to say it, and I wanted to chime in on the house hunting debate that mm. was in uh, Quandry Corner last week. Yes. A friend of mine actually participated in one of those reality TV shows where they pretended to choose between three different houses. Oh. I say pretended because, spoiler alert, they had already signed a contract for one of the properties. That's correct. They had committed to buying one of the three options before they filmed the episode and all their hemming and whoring was staged for the enjoyment of rubes like us as well as ratings, of course. Wow. I hesitate to besmirch the good reputation of the entire reality TV genre. Perhaps some of the shows are truly spontaneous, but at least in this case, it was all a setup. Sincerest wow. apologies if I've ruined your future enjoyment of similar formats. So you're telling me there's one bad egg estate agent on television <laughs> acting in bad faith. I'm wondering if, you know that Kirsty and Phil's love it or leave be it. Be careful there, Annabelle. Do you, no, but do you think that maybe they've already decided beforehand whether they're going to love it or leave it? No. No, they they generally make their mind up like there. What and channel is that on? That's on Channel 4. It's very good. Oh, so you couldn't, you couldn't um, reclaim your licence fee? Oh, no, no. I'm just speculating. Yeah, no, no, we're not saying, we're saying that this could be any of the reality property shows on mm. TV mm. in this country or any other. Yeah. Uh, it could be a show that's not on the air anymore. Of course. And it's possible that Dan made this email up for attention and it never happened. <laughs> but, who knows? We just, we can't, I don't think can't. that's the case. No. But just, um, yeah, just in case there were any ramifications legally, mm, yeah. I just, thought it was probably more important to besmirch Dan's character. Yeah, <laughs> that us get in trouble. Us get in trouble, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that all sorted now. Yes. Okay, good. Let's move on to Anon. Your recent shout out for stories of ineptitude, social ineptitude, have finally eased this shameful memory out of the dusty corners of my brain where many of my shameful stories live. When my son was a three-month-old baby, he's now 20, and the fact that I managed to keep him safe into adulthood is a constant source of amazement to me. I used to carry him around in a baby carrier, for some reason named after a Swedish 1970s tennis player. I'm sure you know the kind of thing I mean. 
I thought it was named after a member of ABBA. <laughs> Apart from the memorable occasion where I tripped over my own feet and very nearly face-planted in the high street with him still strapped to my front, still gives me nightmares, there was one other time where my behaviour was, at the very least, worthy of some kind of intervention. I was in town, baby strapped in, on my way to the supermarket. I was still very much at the stage of being in almost constant disbelief that I'd somehow been trusted with a whole new person to look after and keep safe. Near the car parking payment machines, there was often a homeless guy asking people for change as they paid for their ticket. I'm a person who will always buy a big issue and, like Jeff, agonise over the right way to deal with any exchange, which risks giving the impression that I am patronising or lady bountiful, dishing out money to people less fortunate than me. The homeless guy, quite the worse for wear, very shouty and lurching about all over the place, I'm guessing some substances have been involved, said, Oh, what a lovely baby can I see? Not wishing to appear rude and in keeping with my lifelong attempts to treat everyone with kindness and respect, see above, I bent forward to show him my baby. At this point, he decided it would be fine to kiss the top of my baby's head. He was thrilled and thanked me for stopping, which went some way to making up for my instinctive reaction, which was to stare at him in horror and run. Oh no, instead I stopped and had a chat with him, asked him how he was doing, etc. and went on my way, very much pretending that of course it was absolutely fine for this complete stranger to kiss the top of my tiny baby's head. I think worse for, he- worse for wear is an important factor in this yes, as well. Yes, yes. Even as I'm typing this, I veer between, what is wrong with me? Who does that? And what a great person I am <laughs> making that guy's day. <laughs> I think we all know that struggle, that internal struggle. Oh, hardly late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was an Onion headline the other day that really uh, tickled me, which was um, Panhandler mm. really appreciates it when people make a big show out of patting all their pockets. Oh, <laughs> right, good, very good. If you ever want to be depressed about humanity, mm. go to the Onion's Twitter account mm. and look at the replies. Oh, because they're taking it seriously. No, it's it was you get a bit of that, but it's people trying to add to the joke. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> it's just the the worst. Ugh. It's just how witless, just oh, completely witless. I should not be going there. Uh, one more. Yes, Mark Brown. I heard an Amazon parcel dilemma on your show the other week. It reminded me of something which happened to me about a year ago. There was a knock at the door and it was a DPD driver. He asked if he could take a parcel in for the house opposite us. I agreed and said, and he said he'd pop a note through the door saying where it was. As I watched him go, I noticed he went to the wrong house than the one on the parcel he gave me. I got his attention, told him of his mistake. He thanked me, went to the correct house and popped a note through the door. Later that day, the neighbour whose parcel it was came to collect it and all was fine. A couple of hours after that, the other neighbour came to our house to pick up the parcel. I explained to him the mistake the driver had made and the right person has now collected their parcel. He looked genuinely confused and also a look that said, you're lying. He showed me the note he got to which I explained again the driver's original mistake. He stared at me for what seemed like an eternity, reading my face for any signs of what I'm saying was a lie. I felt like I was in that show, lie to me, wondering to myself, was I blinking too fast or was a bead of sweat slowly coming down my face? Eventually, he huffed, sighed and walked back to his house. He obviously knew he wasn't due a delivery that day. He knew he wasn't getting a parcel, but he seemed to believe he did. He's ignored me ever since. Do you ever wonder where this podcast would be if it hadn't coincided with the rise of all these home delivery parcel couriers? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of stuff comes from there, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
and also having um, having just said uh, you can be depressed about humanity by looking at the onions twitter replies i just want to throw something positive out there Go on. which is there is an episode of this american life it's an old one but i'm sure you'd be able to find it called tough room which is sort of um about the writer's room at The Onion and how they write that comedy and what the process mm-hmm. is. And it is, it's one of the best things about comedy writing that I've ever uh, heard. Okay, so okay. I'm just going to recommend that Thank as well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, we'd like your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Bit of a change in my life to update you, Dawn. I am now a tidy person. What? Sort of. I think you're not like a pig. but well, well, I feel like the way I've described my home before might have made it sound like it could be used as a set for a remake of Trainspotting, which mm. I would strongly argue against as my mattress is on a bed. I have a full bed <laughs> with a mattress. It's, it's more like a, a remake of that Tracy Emin <laughs> oh, no, it's not like that. No, you, you, uh, it doesn't seem... Like a, like a one of those hoarders' houses. It doesn't seem like the, the environment of an unwell mind. No, it doesn't. Thank, no. thank you. No. Thank you. No. So you can stop there. You, okay. you're, if, I feel like you're about to go on, but you don't okay. need to. Let's okay. just stop there. Because I will admit that I have struggled a little bit with tidiness. Like when we left our jobs at the radio station, I was clearing my desk at the end. And at the bottom of a huge pile was a Radio Times from 2005 and some Virgin Radio cassette tape covers. Um, uh, can we just point out that that was in the year 2007? 17, yeah. yeah. So I think I understand now why there were some people there who were very glad to see the back of me. And I'm slightly nervous they had to get one of those trauma scene cleaners in to deal with it all. <laughs> I tried to do a wardrobe clear out and there were four dresses where I thought, well, I'm definitely not going to wear it now, but it'd be good if I'm invited to a 60s fancy dress party. <laughs> Even though I'd have to slip into a parallel universe where I'm still invited to fancy dress parties and then slip into another one where I'm invited to four 60s fancy dress parties <laughs> in such quick succession and with such a similar guest list that I'd need four 60s-style dresses. But did I think this and then throw them out? No, I kept them all, just in case. I think my favourite ever example of just in case came from my dad a few years ago. Like my dad, he's in his 70s, we were chatting, and then he said, with some sadness, that he got a new address book because he'd looked at the old one and three quarters of the people in it were now dead. So he just wrote the alive ones into the new address book, book and then he added... I kept the old one, though, just in case. <laughs> just in case of what? I said that they come back as ghosts to live in their old houses and you want to send them a ghost Christmas card. We laughed a lot. <laughs> back to tidiness, no, tidiness. I'm building up to this big change in my life. So I was listening to a podcast. Annoyingly, I can't remember which one, but it was probably Die of a CEO. Are you sure it wasn't um, uh, Firecrutch and Normcore, a succession podcast, a, a- <laughs> Podcast that come two episodes a week while Succession is on the air. One is a recap of the episode <laughs> yeah. with a great special guest providing uh, some some insight and analysis, mm-hmm. and then the other one is listener contributions. Uh, it, it zips along very nicely. Yeah. The, the listener one is shorter than the other one. Mm-hmm. Two episodes a week, lovely addition to anybody's uh, uh, anybody's listening schedule. And I find that when you might miss some things when you when you're watching it, and then all of a sudden, like I didn't notice that. Yeah, it has, it has a whole new dimension. Yes, yes, yes. For the inattentive 
succession viewer. It's a wonderful, wonderful compliment. <laughs> um, but it wasn't that. It wasn't that one. It, I do listen to that as well as Diver CEO. So it's either one of the two, but I'm fairly sure it wasn't that right. one. So the guest was talking and they were talking about people getting stuck in who they think they are and how this can easily change. And they gave the example of a messy person. When faced with mess, they would normally shrug and think, well, I'm messy, just who I am. But what you should do is say to yourself, I'm a tidy person. That's not what Logan Roy would say, of course. He'd say smart people know what they are. Oh, right. Well, there's yeah. a difference. It definitely wasn't him being interviewed then. So I did this and oh my God, it works. Like It worked immediately. I see a bit of paper on the floor, lots of paper on my floor. And whereas before I'd think, mm, I'll deal with that later. I now think, oh, I almost forgot. I'm a tidy person now. And I pick it up straight away. And this has been going on for weeks. This isn't a flash in the pan. It works. And it's kind of pathetic that it works because this is how susceptible I am. I can change a whole aspect about myself with one sentence. If there are any cults that want me, get in touch, brainwash me because I'm the easiest person ever. And I'm wondering if it can be used in other areas of my life. I'm a successful person. I'm a loving and affectionate partner. I don't lie awake for two hours at night wondering why my son wasn't invited to a birthday party. <laughs> Here we go. New me. I'll keep you updated. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're having a little mini break. Yes, I am, yeah. With with a few people in Tom's family. Yeah. Does that mean you have to go big on the Easter eggs? Oh, I've not bought any. Leave it to the Easter bunny. <laughs> I feel bad now. There's usually loads when we get there. I think, oh, they don't need any more, do they? <laughs> they just appear, do they? I don't know. I'm thinking maybe the older the older adults. Right, 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 right. Because <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I tend to think I'm the next generation down. I'm not responsible for things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's so great Sarah's brother and his family are leaving on Saturday so I don't have to think about it oh you don't have to buy them any no no you feel like that's less admin right okay okay <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Easter eggs this morning do you think it's weird that it's a food made to look like another food oh yeah it's so, chocolate so chocolate bunnies I get yeah, you can't yeah. get a you can't. Well, I suppose you can get an edible bunny, but yeah, I, I can't as a vegetarian. Mm. Um, but like, why, why, why wouldn't you eat an egg? Weirdly, it happens quite a lot with eggs because you've also got that sort of chewy sweet. Looks like a fried egg. Yes. Yeah. It's not just chocolate. No. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, do you know what they should do? What? Chocolate omelette. <laughs> chocolate scrambled eggs. It's next. Yeah. Honestly, it's next. Yeah. Um, let me tell you a couple of things. So one is, I'm pretty sure I didn't talk about this on last week's podcast. Uh, I, I had to take Jean for a doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. And when we finished, it was late, it was raining. So I thought, we'll get a taxi home. We'll treat ourselves. Mm. And, um, and my phone was flat. 
my battery had gone flat, so I couldn't order one on my phone. Oh, right. So I had to go out on the street oh. like it was 2010 <laughs> and wave my arm around. Okay. And it was one of those nights where you just I couldn't see any taxis with the light on. Eventually, I see one. I flag it down um, and I, I run to, to, to say, come on, Gene. It stopped at lights. We go to try the doors. He's not unlocking them. And he says, I'm not free. Right. I become enraged mm. because the rule is light on. Yeah. You take a passenger. Yeah. That's, that's the rule. So I said, put your lights on. He says, sorry, mate. I said, but you can't just drive around with your light. And then he turns it off. And I'm taking it personally. I'm thinking, what is it yeah, about me yeah, 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 yeah. or my son? Oh no, even worse. Yeah, yeah. that that is um, that he's he's rejecting here, like he's a bouncer at an exclusive nightclub, mm. the Viper Room, yeah, or the Met Bar. Do you know any others? No, didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so so what I then do because I'm powerless, really. Hmm. What I then do is I get my phone out of my pocket, bearing in mind it's flat, and pretend to take a photo oh God. of the little plate with his license number on it. You've got a history of this with bus drivers. I know. <laughs> usually when I do it, I'm not pretending. Uh, oh, God, yeah, your phone's flat. Oh, yeah. my God. So I'm thinking, what am I doing here? I'm just playing <laughs> psychological mind games so that for the next... Three weeks, he doesn't. He's going to be waking up thinking, "Oh God, I'm going to get a letter from transport <laughs> to London chastising me for not picking that guy and his kid up." He's not slept since. Good. <laughs> we're um, we're going to, excuse me, we're going to the Tower of London today. Mm. I was thinking I might try and steal the crown jewels. Oh, good luck. Good. It's luck. Really gone out of fashion, hasn't it? No, not mentioned so much these days. Yes, yeah, it? it used to be a real high, yeah, pop- popular heist. Fantasy, mm. stealing the crown jewels from the Tower of London. And it's just made me think that maybe those, what they're called, yeomen, oh, beef yeah. eaters, yeah, yeah. they've got a bit complacent. Oh, I could do it. Well, now's the time. You know you go on a travelator past it now. Yeah, like you a flight escalator yes. like you get yeah. in the airport yeah, on gladiators. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very weird, isn't it's it? very weird. Is that a security thing? I think So that's... that you can't linger too long and um, plot how to steal those jewels yeah, with not... your lasers and diamond cutters. I think that's exactly it, yeah. Because be warned... Mm. I can walk on the spot. Oh. Love walking on the spot at the exact speed an escalator goes at. Oh, okay. So it looks like you're moonwalking <laughs> for those of us who aren't gifted in that department. Um, looking forward to seeing those ravens. Mm-hmm. Big ravens in the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, the legend says that if the ravens leave, London shall fall or England shall fall. I'm, I'm not even sure. I think it's the royal family will fall, isn't it? I think it's the whole country. Oh, right. I think we're all, we're all in it. Okay. We've got vested interest here with those ravens. Okay. I have to be honest, like, if I was one of those beef eaters, I would tether them. Put them on reins. <laughs> a little cruel. It is a little cruel, but yeah, there's a pret a near there, <laughs> a costa. They must have bins out of the back. Yeah. I get some nice, you know, if it, all it takes is one raven mm. to just think, I wonder what they got in that bin. Yeah. They'd, they'd all be gone. I think they're very well fed, though, because there's a raven master. Better isn't there? than Pret-a-Manger. Well, I mean, it is good at Pret-a-Manger. Yeah, I don't know. So good that, as we've said before, when we went to work in New York for a week, Annabelle, uh, in the face of everything the Big Apple has to offer, got her lunch from Pret-a-Manger every day, just like you did in London at the time. Can I say one thing? Consistency. No, can I say one thing? It's not that. 
it was quite, this is embarrassing, but it was quite exciting to me. They had different sandwiches in pret a like sandwiches they didn't have in the London one. So I was quite excited by different pret a I know, but it's, your point still stands. I'm just trying to add some, try and claim something back for myself. I take it you're not au courant with pret a anymore. No, I don't go anymore, no. Just, you, you don't leave the house really no. to get to Sainsbury's. No. So I have some thoughts, but I'll, I'll save them for somebody okay. else. Then. Okay. Um, yeah, but if I was a raven mm. in London, mm. I don't know what they're giving you. But whatever they, those beef is, they're not they're not giving you a varied diet. But having the same thing every day, yeah, yeah. Just just have a little flutter off, see what see what's out there. It's like you want the monarchy to fall, the country, or the country. You're obsessed with being the country. <laughs> I do sometimes wonder, like, what, why do animals live in the countryside anymore? Because it's so much better in the city, food-wise. Yeah, there's just so much stuff everywhere, mm. so much rubbish, mm. so wasteful. Mm. You wouldn't have to forage or fight. Well, you have to forage, but you wouldn't... You wouldn't, wouldn't have to kill. No. Everything's already dead for you. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Maybe they like it. Probably. Uh, it's all, all this is a big rehearsal for the day, the animal uprising. Oh, well, when the, when, they, they when the country falls, <laughs> the animals take over, head by the ravens. Oh, I was going to pitch. I was, I was going to pitch Hollywood, my, uh, my crown jewels, moonwalking heist idea but i think this is much better yeah the raven's plot yeah the animal the raven uprising yeah yeah good um i just you know you you were there for me to bounce that idea off but that doesn't mean you have any ownership <laughs> of it. i okay. want to be clear here okay thanks Conjury okay. <laughs> corner at the glap clinic here in problematic you notice we've uh, we've had a bit of a tidy up in problematic what do you mean? The attic. Here, oh, I see. Yeah, the yeah. actual room. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it just looks the same to you, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is this is why you don't perceive your own home mm. like Marie Kondo is perceiving hers. You just don't have that type of brain. I do not. I think it reflects well on you. Mm, okay, thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> I'm sure others would disagree, but thank you. So, so, so go on. Okay, Chief Petty Officer Emma first. We've been invited to one of my school friends' weddings in October. We are a group of four friends. The other three were bridesmaids for me way back when none of us had kids. I am the only one with children and was bridesmaids for another of the group two years ago, having agreed before she told me they weren't having children at the wedding. At least this time, my friend had the decency to tell me that they weren't inviting non-family children before asking me to be her bridesmaid. In Annabelle's words, it's not ideal, but it's one day. The problem is my husband. Apart from me, the bride and my two other friends, he's not going to know anyone else at the wedding and I will obviously be busy being bridesmaid. It was the same at the other friend's wedding and it didn't make a great day for him as he is a definite drifter. There's close to zero chance he'll get chatting to anyone and he dislikes dancing so the evening is also kind of hell for him. Is there any way I can say that he doesn't want to come without causing offence? Because he already went to the other friend's wedding. I don't want to seem like we're snubbing this friend. In reality, though, it would probably make the whole thing more comfortable for everyone. Any help gratefully received. My husband is totally a drifter, but he doesn't listen yet. No pressure, but if you do a good job of these, it might push him over the edge. I mean, I feel like you're describing me. Yes. And there is no way on God's green earth that I would be going to that wedding. Okay. And your get-out is childcare, isn't it? We are having a childcare nightmare. Actually, Alan, Alan isn't, is he called Alan? Alan, it? Ian. Ian isn't able to come, unfortunately. Um, we're just really struggling. Nobody. You know, we would ask my family, but they're going to Mallorca that week. Yeah. This is 
perfect. Yeah. They've given it yeah. to you on a plate. They've almost yeah. thought about you. Yeah. They thought, right, what we're going to do, we're not going to invite the kids so that if Ian Allen doesn't want to come, he can say this because he needs to do childcare. Exactly. I am, um, to, to me, be- becoming a father has been the most incredible thing <laughs> because it's given me an excuse for 90% of all things that I need to get myself out of. There's there's always something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-child, what would have been your excuse for not going to a wedding? Because you, I'm guessing you've done this multiple times. Oh, yeah, it's it's diarrhoea. My last minute, then I feel bad about their Mm. catering and the Mm. spot, but I can't can't do it. But on the day, they're they're so busy and involved, they don't really care that not one person's not there, especially if it's not like a close friend. I once made up a really elaborate excuse about my then-girlfriend's car being broken into. I mean, I feel bad about it to this day. Right. Why didn't I just say diarrhoea? Yeah, it's a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. So diarrhoea, that's a favourite, is it? Yes. And then could you, is there something you could do more advanced if you didn't want to let them down at the last minute? But you, you've never done that. You're always just a diarrhea. Uh, he's guy. at a conference. Conference, yeah. Um, he's got, uh, oh no. Double he, booked? He, he's he got um, a, a great one. For, um, I don't know if I want to say this one because I use it a lot. <laughs> and, um, slightly worried that um, somebody listening might might have fallen for But one day it might come true. Yeah, and that'll okay. be the time when you no, use no, it on there. No, this is, great, this is a great one. Go on. I've, I've got guests coming from overseas. Uh, I've got these pe- got these people from Sweden. They're staying with us for three days. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's overseas good. guests. That's good. Yeah, great. Okay, well, I think we've given Emma a lot there. Yeah, great. Infestation, slugs. We mm. woke up. It was no. Okay, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I think stick with stick with diarrhea. Overseas guests and childcare—they've given to you on a plate. Yeah, childcare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just take it. That's they, why you have give, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very difficult in a lot of ways, mm. but it really makes up for it in that singular. Yes, definitely. Aspect. Okay, let's move on to Anon. Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Long time listener, first time caller. Jen, that makes me so happy. Mm. So I love hearing that somebody has just started listening to the podcast. Yeah. But part of me thinks, why? <laughs> and thinks, well, they won't stick along very well, oh. uh, very long. Yeah, we need to get under their skin and are people going to give it that long in today's attention economy? Mm. I'm not sure. Mm. But somebody who has been with us all this time, I mean, I appreciate all of them. I love hearing from names that we've we've heard from for decades. Yeah, yeah. But somebody who's just sat there quietly and then after many years thinks, actually, I need to pipe up on this. Today's the day. Great. Yeah. This person writes, after 35 years in the motor trade, I have built up a very flattering following of customers who have come to me from several different garages. Whilst in the comfort of my own work environment, I appear extremely outgoing and confident. Away from work, I am a true drifter wishing to avoid all social interactions. Yes. So here's my dilemma. A lovely older couple who I've helped for many years have become very attached to me and invited my wife and I for an evening meal at their house. Whilst I really like and respect them, I don't know much about them, bar the usual chats about cars they have owned and a mutual hobby of maintaining a fish pond. I skillfully swerved the issue with the excuse of a busy Christmas period, but now some months on, they've asked me again, this time in front of my colleagues. Red-faced, I thanked them and said I would let them know. Nothing fills me with more dread than spending time with people who don't understand the way of the drifter. Unfortunately, with a long career in customer service, I'm far too nice to do what any normal person would do and say, thank you, that's very kind, but no thank you. Who could say that? No, that would be so weird. Oh, no. 
What shall I do? Do I need to leave the job I love and don't tell anyone where I've gone? Do I make up a story of uncontrollable wind following a meal? How do I deal with this? Please help. Oh, it's these yep. open invitations yeah. that they're like this is this so this is like the wedding problem, but it isn't a particular date. Yeah, yeah, it's all. This is like yeah. ten times yeah, more yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of time I spend wishing oh, if only I could get somehow in that witness protection program <laughs> to leave my old life behind. Um, oh, this is so hard. It's, it's really bad. The, the only the only thing that slightly intrigues me. Mm. So we say older couple. Yeah. Is there a possibility you could get written into their will? They seem very fond of you. Because mm, that would, I, I, I could, I could get through it. I think. You could withstand a few dinners for that. Yeah. Okay. If, if we had like maybe a notary public there who was going to just rubber stamp it, mm. if, if that was definitely going to happen. Difficult to bring up in advance, really. And how so, common do you think it is that an older couple leave all their money to some guy who fixed their car occasionally? Not, not that common is all I'm saying. I wouldn't rely on it for instead of a pension plan, for example. No, no, but it's that that ship has sailed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, so, is so is there a possibility mm. of co- committing to a date and then using an excuse and just putting it off, 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 off until yes, they get yes, the hint? Yes, yes. It's more that. So the trouble is, you're just going to be kicking it into the long grass forever. This because. Mm. I don't know these people. Maybe they have got a very busy diary. Mm. But you say elderly couple, I'm thinking lots of evenings in. I'm I'm thinking their calendar is wide open. What percentage of people, having been told, but but to date with someone, given an excuse and said they can't come, what percentage of people would keep asking after three cancellations? Some some people just don't get it, do they? What are you saying? Like 30%? It's almost like they want you to be honest with them. They <laughs> want you to say, look, I don't want to come. Yeah. Because um, I'm very much getting the message after two cancellations. Yeah. That's my limit. What's yours? What, what? Well, you wouldn't ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What a stupid question. <laughs> I feel yeah. nothing but relief at a cancellation. Right, right. Yeah. Um. How old are they? Just says older couple. Are oh, you saying like just keep it kicking into the long grass until the long grass covers their grave? <laughs> like what are you saying? Yeah, I don't, don't know if I would have. Um, oh right, sorry. Put it quite, so bluntly. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. Um, but I appreciate it. Mm. What would I do in this situation? This is very hard. Yeah, I, th- I think it might be one of the these ones where. Bite the bullet. What you, here's what you want. If you have to do something, you want some kind of ticking clock on it. Mm, mm. You don't want an open ending evening. Although the elderly do go to bed early, don't they? Yeah, As true. A rule, true. They get up very early. Mm. Um, so you could just. Do it once. Make sure it's not going to be prolonged. Say so you've got. Oh, I think I've had an idea. Go on. They've invited this person, the mechanic, and their wife throw the wife under the bus, say, look, I'm going to be up front with you. I would love to come. But my wife... Is racist. <laughs> against whichever ethnicity this elderly couple are. I wasn't what I was going to okay. say. My wife has got terrible anxiety. And I, 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 and I can't, I can't, I can't, she can't come and I can't leave her. Look, it's very difficult. Look, We're working through it. Look, um, I'll get back to you in a year's time when when see how how she's in a year's time. Look, I think that's a good idea. I d- listen, 
Mm. I don't mean to generalise, and I am absolutely sure that there are many exceptions to this rule. Mm. But I'm assuming this is an older British couple. Yeah. Have you ever tried talking to an older British person <laughs> about mental health? Okay. Anxiety. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but at least they know not to be dismissive. They could they'll be dismissive, they'll think it but won't say it. They'll be dismissive at home, but they'll into your face, they'll be like, Oh, okay, they'll that's just fine. Be they won't, they'll look at you confused. Right. My my serious answer is mm. you 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 want to relocate. <laughs> no, that's not a serious answer. No, 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 no. I don't mean you want to I don't mean like relocate your life. Right. I mean you want to relocate the dinner out of their home. Oh. Because if you say, do you know what? Um, I'm going to the garden centre. They have an excellent supply of fish pond accessories and I could do with some advice. And they have a lovely little cafe there. How would you feel about joining me? You've, okay. got, you've got a thing, a central yeah. thing to talk about. Yeah. And there's, there's no risk of a, a second location or a drag on. Okay. Okay, that is that what you would do? Yes. Okay. It's a little elaborate, but yeah. d- d- don't don't enter somebody's house. Okay. Is my advice. It's hard to <laughs> leave. Don't cross the threshold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Then we'll leave it there. Okay. Uh, if you have a quandary, you'd like us to tell you what the social etiquette is in any given situation, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com and support us on Patreon. If you if you feel like it, if you enjoy the podcast every week, if you enjoy spending time with us, uh, you can support us at patreon.com stroke adrift. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And... Happy Easter! Yes. Or is it is it Passover if you're Jewish? I think they tend to coincide, don't they? Uh, we're not here next week um, because I'm having surgery and Annabelle's swanning about. Yep. But we will be back the week after, which is a week that contains the 20th of April, which is, of course... Your birthday. I was going to say Eid. Oh, <laughs> Right, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, uh, So we'll see you then. All right, publication time. And Annabelle said to me, um, as you were emailing this to me just now, you said, mm. said this, is a, this is a sad one this week. Yeah. So this, this comes from Lucy, who says, Dear Jeff and Annabelle, please could you include a trigger warning for baby loss as there is no way around this being pretty rough and I'd like people to protect themselves if they need to. So we will just leave that hanging there for a minute um, uh, in case anybody needs to scramble for the... Stop button on the podcast. All right, Lucy writes, I am having a very sad week 
And despite having wonderful friends and family who are trying to do and say the right thing, I find myself wanting to turn to friends inside my radio, perhaps because I don't know you or perhaps because I feel like we all have something else in common and I feel desperately lonely. I'm a drifter but also a lurker. I last wrote over 10 years ago to podicate an episode to my best friend's kidney donor. She, my friend, is doing well with a wonderful family and we are still so grateful to them. Anyway, back to my shit week. I'm five months pregnant after a seemingly successful round of IVF and a winter of sickness and anxiety of things going wrong. We emerged from a scan with the news that they had. My baby, who's kicking away inside of me, has a devastating problem. And we've come to the heartbreaking decision to end my pregnancy in the hope of avoiding them having a life of suffering I couldn't bear for them to go through. My hands shake as I write this. It feels so surreal. I cannot fathom what the next few weeks will be or how I'll survive. I'm so grateful to have my daughter asleep in her room now, as without her, I think I would see no reason to carry on. Your podcasts have got me through some hard times, and I listen to the archives on repeat at night at the moment, just to extend the moments between sleeping and waking up before the crushing realisation of reality hits me. So, my beautiful baby, here's to you and all the other babies and families who've made the hardest decision with the most love. I'll spend the rest of my life wishing I could have had just a moment longer with you, and I hope one day it's comfort knowing that every moment of your life was being loved by me. I read today that a baby's DNA stays in a mother's body forever, and I know you'll never leave me. I love you, I love you, I love you, your mummy. Oh, Lucy, I mean, there's 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 nothing to say. There's there's not the well-chosen word. There's not the insightful thing that makes this any easier. It's just terrible pain and a, a situation that you find yourself in that is is beyond nightmarish. Yeah. It's 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 difficult for people even to go there in their yeah. in their minds yeah, and yeah. that you you have the the strength to think how you're thinking and and think about your daughter sleeping in the next room speaks incredibly well of you but all, all that is meaningless it is just awful and you, understandably that's that's just how it will feel and you'll find a way that pain will be part of you but you'll you'll find a way to make sure that 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 baby of yours is a presence in your lives for the rest of your lives and that's a, an incredibly hard thing to do but I, c I can just tell by the way you you write that you, you're the sort of person who will do that but I'm really I'm, I'm just really sorry and yeah. I, I wish I knew what to give give to you it, it feels like um you, you're listening to these podcasts and they're just stupid. They're just dumb. And I, I almost feel like what I should be giving her now isn't this kind of trying to make sense of, of what she's going through, but it's something stupid and dumb, but that just feels completely inappropriate. But um, we're just sending you our, our love, Lucy. It's just yeah. an awful, awful situation to find yourself in. And we just send all our love to you and your family. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.